Welcome to a special bonus playoff edition of the Gold Standard Podcast on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And I'm Steve Cavendish at Scavendish. Oops, I mean, <laughs> I'm Adam Vingan at Adam Vingan. You will hear a bit of Steve Cavendish's show, Lamestream Sports, coming up a little bit later on on this episode because we had Hal Gill on the show and we had like 40-minute conversation with him. So much great stuff from Hal. Uh, including a shot at Adam, of course, obviously, because that's what Hal does. And so we'll play a little bit of that for you a little bit later on in the show today. This will be a really short, quick, abbreviated podcast. Adam, go to The Athletic, pay for great journalism. I know you and your counterpart, Sarah Sivian, who was on our last episode, is doing are doing an excellent job covering the series for The Athletic. So pay for good journalism. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show uh, and share it. This will be a really quick edition. Sort of now that we've got a schedule and we've got a uh, we've heard from the coaches, we know the attendance numbers are going to change. So we want to do a quick reaction for you guys uh, and then tell you what we're going to be doing on this podcast feed over the course of the first round of the playoffs. So, Adam, without any further ado, let's tell everybody what we're going to try to do uh, again. Monday night, game one, May 17th, 7 p.m. Uh, and then Wednesday, game two, both in Raleigh, May 19th, 7 p.m. We will try to have some form of short reaction podcast for you either that evening or the next morning. So instant reaction, Adam, are you excited about that? You know, I love to instantly react to things. It's my <laughs> favorite thing to do. Uh, point is you will get those. And then unfortunately, Adam, after the game Friday, which I will be covering, I then have like an eight hour drive with two small children the following morning. So Where are you unfor- going? unfortunately, I'm going uh, out of the town. And so uh, unfortunately, we will not have a recap podcast unless you and I want to do it like live from Bridgestone Arena Friday evening. Should the Predators get eliminated on Sunday or Tuesday, which is when game four and five will happen, we will have our full scale normal Wednesday gold standard reaction podcast to the Preds being eliminated. If not, we will have another short form podcast for you on Wednesday after game five. So uh, the schedule came out. I just laid it out. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday in Smashville. So Friday and Sunday next weekend, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So basically every other day. Oh, almost a full week off for the Nashville Predators. Your thoughts on the schedule first before we get into the, the press conference and the attendance issues. The fact that Friday's game starts at 6 p.m. Central Time Woo-hoo! is incredible considering oftentimes Predators playoff games start at 8.30 Central. Uh, So playing a team in the Eastern Standard Time Zone is of incredible benefit uh, to those of us who like to go to bed at a decent hour. Um, so well, the it, fact is, that, it is about you that that's why I asked the question was to find yeah, out. Yeah. I mean, I don't care about, I don't care about the players. I don't care about the fans. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I love you all very much. Um, but to have a game start at 6 PM versus the typical eight 30, which is more like eight 45. Once you get through all of the pregame yeah. histrionics, um, that was of, uh, much interest to me, but the schedule you're such, makes you're sense. Such a gr- you're such a grumpy cat, Adam. You know that, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. Whatever. Okay. All right. Um, but the, the schedule is fine. Every other day makes sense. Um, but looking forward to the series. Normally pregame festivities, things like kids enjoy and fans, they, they really enjoy those things. And, and you just totally poo-pooed all of them by calling them histrionics. So. Just want everyone to know Adam's got a little grumpy cat to his game. Um, so no, no issue with a full week off for both teams. I mean, it's, it's a little odd. It's not normal to have a full seven days off before the end of the, you know, the start of the season, the end of the season and the start of the playoffs. Well, as 
as NHL coaches and GMs and players will often say, it's the same for both teams. It's yeah. not like the Hurricanes aren't sitting there also for a week uh, before they play. So there's no real advantage necessarily. Um, so it is what it is. Um, I don't really think it makes a huge difference. Yeah. I think if there were some major injuries for either team, then maybe that would happen. But I don't think there's any, like the predators seem to be as healthy as they've been all season. Carolina doesn't have any massive major guy that like needed to an extra week of rest before they came back. So maybe uh, Jacob Slavin. Yeah, a little bit to some degree, but again, I, you know, the Preds are, you know, guys like Fabro and Tolvin and clearly need to get a little healthier as well. So, which, which brings us to the conversation with John Hines, who talked to the media on Friday, um, your, your takeaways from anything he had to say that Duchesne's not going to play on the top line. Tolvin is not the same player. We'll get to the attendance question in just a second, but what'd you take away from, from coaches getting to, getting to talk to the media? Well, as you said, you basically just stole my thunder. Um, Sorry. As John, <laughs> as John Hines said, and as you alluded to, I asked him about his thoughts on the Forsberg, Johansson, Duchesne line that we saw on Monday um, he said they were okay in that game against the Hurricanes. He also said, quote, I don't foresee them starting game one as the line. Uh, so don't, uh, don't expect that um, on Monday. Um, also, I asked him about the play of Ellie Tolvanen and, and Dante Fabro since they both returned from injury in April. And John basically said the same thing about both, that they, they each have – a, a another level to reach that Tolvanen hasn't been as effective at five on five or on the power play since he's been back from injury. Uh, Dante Fabro, who came back later uh, than Tolvanen, uh, has more to give as well. We saw on Saturday in the clinching game uh, that Dante Fabro was scratched in favor of Matt Benning. Um, so the possibility exists that both players might be out for game one. Um, but as both David Poyle and John Hines said today, the expectation is the lineup could change every game. Uh, so just because one or two players that you think should be in the lineup are not in the lineup in game one, doesn't mean that those players won't return to the lineup in game two. So try not to overreact. Yeah. Well, but that's what we do, though, Adam. We have to instantaneously overreact. That's the whole yes. point of being in the media and, and being on social platforms is to just overreact with gusto and not care about the consequences. That is the entire point. Has anything changed in your mind since we recorded our last podcast just a couple of days ago and we picked, we both picked Carolina. I think I had Carolina in six. I think you had Carolina as well. I had Carolina in six. What, has anything changed at all? Anything? Because no. now, now we've got the last piece of news here before we get to Hal Gill is that it looks like between 10 and 12,000 fans will be in attendance in Raleigh about the same for Nashville. So we're going to have some, some building atmosphere here for both games, which will be fun. Yes. Um, as you mentioned, uh, the governor of North Carolina, Roy Cooper announced uh, the end of the statewide mask mandate, um, social distancing guidelines, et cetera. Um, Don Waddell, the hurricanes GM has met with, uh, the local media in Raleigh and said that he expects the increased capacity, as you said, to be somewhere between 10 and 12,000. Um, he also said regarding masks inside PNC arena quote, this is from Michael Smith who covers the team um, for their official website. 
the state may be lifting the mask mandate, but the NHL still has a protocol in place that anybody entering the building has to have a mask. And that applies to Nashville as well. So although Nashville has lifted its mask mandate, if you are going to a game at Bridgestone Arena in the postseason, you will be wearing a mask inside the arena as you have all season long. There you have it, folks. I'm just excited to get the series underway. It feels like it's been forever. I'm excited for the two fan bases to get back into the building with a little bit more, uh, a little bit more energy and, and emotion. I, I'm not any more excited about the Predators' chances <laughs> to win the series, uh, but it is. I, it does feel like it's starting to be that time again, and it is always fun to to sort of flip a switch and go from regular season to postseason. And the fans have had to wait long enough. We got an entire NFL schedule laid out before before we actually got the Preds playoff schedule. So uh, thanks for jumping on, Adam, on short notice here. Wanted to give the fans a little extra here because the series doesn't start till Monday. Let you know that we're going to be doing some short-form podcasts, reactionary stuff for games one and two. Not sure what's going to happen after that, but stay tuned to the feed as well. Uh, and Adam, if you have some time and you want to listen to How Gill talk for like 40 minutes about all things hockey, Preds, broadcasting, radio, all kinds of great stuff, I know you're an avid listener of course, of Lamestream Sports. So make sure you check out the show. Hal Gill was our guest, myself, Steve Cavendish. And I'll, I'll play a small cut for you guys here in just a minute. But um, anything you'd like to say at all about the interview? Because I know you're an avid listener of the show. So I, I very much enjoy the show. I very much enjoy Hal Gill. A great guy to get to know. A great guy to talk hockey with, of course. A Stanley Cup champion. More than a thousand games in the league. Been there, done that. Has a great perspective. Um, but... As part of your interview, he talked about a time where he had to call or chose to call rather Philip Forsberg regarding an interview that he did and some insight that he gave into Philip's game. Um, mm. I think he may have been referring to a story <laughs> that he helped me with in September of last year about what it would take for Philip Forsberg to become an elite forward. Um, certainly, I don't think Hal was taken out of context at all in that interview. Uh, but you know, he, as he said in, uh, in your interview with him and Steve, that which you should go listen, which you should go listen listen to, to, he he said that, you know, he's an interest, he is in an interesting situation because he is a former player. He has relationships with a lot of the guys on the team. They have that particular bond and, uh, he, you know, he felt the need to make sure that Philip knew where he was coming from. And, and it sounds like Philip yeah. was okay yeah. with it. Um, and yeah, so it's that- a good, it's a good story. Like all of Hal's stories. And it's funny because in the middle of the interview, I thought he was talking about the interview he did on the gold standard podcast back in October of last year, where he said the exact same thing about Philip Forsberg to me. And I thought, Oh God, he's taking a shot at me. And then I was like, no, wait, this is Hal Gill. He doesn't take shots at people. That's not, he wants to talk you out of the fight. That's not what he does. <laughs> like, that's not his, that's not his style. So, and guess what Philip Forsberg needs to do to become elite? Play with more power. And he, he did that pretty well this year. So. I think so. Yes. Yeah. So here is a, a couple of minutes. This is how talking about all kinds of stuff, going to the playoffs, how to scout Carolina, how to deliver, explain systems on the air. If you want to hear more of the interview, the entire thing, please go check out Lamestream Sports. It was a fantastic listen. One of my favorite episodes we've ever done. And and one day we'll have Adam Vingan on the show. Well, yeah, if you want, you want to come on? I've always wanted to be on the show. I love talking shop. Absolutely. So thank you guys for hanging out and listening. We'll have some short pods uh, here. Just a second. You can can, uh, hear some Hal Gill. Uh, Obviously, this whole thing is brought to you by Jaspers. Jaspers, our wonderful and amazing great friends at Jaspers with a fantastic 
uh, place to watch Preds games, happy hour, you know, Monday through Thursday, then you got four to six happy hour, then you got happy hour with the Preds. So you got all kinds of great stuff uh, at Jasper's great food, great bar, great outdoor space, grab and go market, all that great stuff. So go check out Jasper's as well. So for Adam, my name is Braden Gall. Here's a little bit of our interview with Hal Gill. And if you want to hear the rest of it, go check out Lamestream Sports. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been the Gold Standard on the 440 Sports Network. Someone told me a long time ago, right when I got into broadcasting, he said, just try to talk to a 16-year-old hockey player. You know, so that is my audience. You know, like I have a 16-year-old kid that wants to have fun, wants to enjoy the game, but also wants to learn about the game, but isn't ready to dive in to too much systems. But then there's there's sometimes when I'm like, oh, that, that weak side forward has got to support that pinch down on the boards, on the penalty kill. And I got, I, I start getting into it and I'm like, oh, they set up their one, two, two, a little bit too high. That forward should have reloaded and dropped across and supported the D, you know, like there's all these little things that I'm explaining but at the same time, I don't want to get too far into it. And and like if I'm explaining Carolina, they're an aggressive attack. They don't just attack on a four check with the mind of, of stopping it. They have an attack mindset where there'll be two guys that are going on the puck and one guy going to the net already so that as soon as they get the puck, they're not looking to, to regroup and try to, you know, there's high one, two, twos that, you know, you, you get the puck and you regroup and then you reattack. The, the Canes are an aggressive team where they're going to forecheck and they, then the puck is going to the net. And so there's different little things like that. And, you know, I think the, the Preds on Saturday night did a great job where they beat that 2-1-2 heavy aggressive forecheck. And once you beat it, you can make plays. And they did. And they made plays off the rush. But it's, it's hard to beat it. And so um, there's little things like that that, I try to explain as much as I can in the end, it, it comes down to personnel and they got to do it right. And so I try to combine the personnel and how they're playing that with the system and saying, okay, he played this perfectly. And, you know, cause sometimes like if you really want to learn the game, you just got to sit with me and ask questions. And that's the hard part is I'm calling the game and I don't have any feedback. I don't have someone at home going, Hey, how can you explain a little bit more about the the uh, one three one and why that why that front forward didn't push to the side? What does that mean? And you know, and that would be great if I could be like, okay. Let me explain it, you know, a little bit more. Uh, but you're trying to speak to a whole audience and, and give them a little bit of a hint. You know, hey, they played the you know Laviolette was man to man, and Hines goes to more of a playing card five and a zone defense and if you give them a little bit, you can see that, you know, like I, I try to give them a little bit that they can see that, you know, if I'm listening to the game, I draw a picture of it and explain it to them without overwhelming them with all the system bog down. Because as a player, I, I used to love all the systems and learning all the systems. And there's nothing better than when you kill a penalty and you do it perfectly just the way a coach said. But at the same time, there's players that are actually making the plays. So it's about stick position. It's about where this guy was. So I'll explain that a little bit more because I feel like it's a little more obvious to the listener that they can see that stick is in the right spot. They can see that the player's in the right spot. 
and not just the whole team and how they're working. Although that's the stuff that gets that gets me all fired up when a team is playing as a team in that system.